Hey Welcome guys. back to the Awfully Irish podcast. How y'all getting on, guys? Pretty good. Pretty well, pretty over pretty here. <laughs> so today, <laughs> we have a very, very special guest. How would you like to introduce yourself? Well, I'm I'm Brandon Crane. Uh, I'm a washed-up actor. No, I am. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm the I'm the kid from it. Ooh. From like thirty uh, years ago. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Been a for people who have not seen the old one and just seen the new one, that, that probably was very confusing there for a second. Right, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy Ray Taylor, I've got, you know, hair down to my eyeballs. No, I'm not Jeremy Ray Taylor, unfortunately. No, nice kid, by the way. Mm. Super nice kid. Um, I met him at, um, at a convention a couple years ago in Atlanta, and nicest kid ever. Mm. And when I went to Toronto to shoot it, Chapter Two, we missed each other by hours. Uh, oh. They were they were finished doing their bit, and uh, it would have been nice to see them. But we saw them in Germany. We've yeah, we've um, we 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 know Jeremy Ray Taylor well. That's good. That's awesome. I mean, you'd have to if, he, if he's playing your character that you played thirty years ago. So. Uh, yeah, no. I um, when they announced the casting, I reached out to him and told him that he shouldn't let the clown push him around too much. Um, and he responded, and he's like, "I won't let you down." And dude, I don't know. <laughs> if you see the movie, uh, it's it's blatantly obvious he he could never have let anyone down. I think he he turned in a great performance. He he was very good, man. Yeah. But uh, back to you anyway. So. Uh... 1990. So how 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 did uh, how did that come about? It was just the, an audition. Uh, um, I had read the book about six months before, and it actually put my agent on notice because there was a lot of um, <clears throat> Stephen King stuff being done at the time. Yeah, and I just read the book um, about six months earlier. So when the call came, I. I wanted Ben so badly uh, because I was very much like Ben and it was a shot for me to, to kind of steer away at least momentarily from the stuff that I'd always done. I'd really only ever done comedy before. Uh, and I was always, you know, comic relief or the token fat kid or, you know, not particularly substantive. So got the call and auditioned for it, and I fought like hell. Um, I mean, the, uh, so many times you go into an audition and you think, oh, this is the one, I nailed it, it was the best audition ever, and they don't even call you back, because it really has very little to do with that. Then in, yeah. somehow, I mean, you can't take it personally as an artist. Um, but this particular instance, I, I went through several callbacks. Uh, you know, we did chemistry reads with other kids, and um, and I think it was the th and so much time had passed in between the callbacks that each time I felt I'd lost the part. I hadn't, you know, obviously I guess I didn't get it, no matter how good of a shot I thought I gave it, it, it didn't work out. And then they'd call, so I, I'd prepare myself for the rejection, and then they'd call again. So anyway, I was at this this last chemistry reading, and Jonathan Brandis was there. The, a lot of the people were there, not everyone. Um, and we were just pairing up kids to see who got on the best. And um, 
there weren't any other Bens at this audition. So I, I asked the cameraman when we were taking a break, because I was staying in there and they were rotating in other kids. And I thought, oh, you know what? Yeah. Hey, dude, where are the other Bens? And the cameraman, and you never do that. But I was, you know, 14, I'm going to do that. Um, and the cameraman said, no, it's, it's just you. They're looking at a kid in Houston and they're looking at a kid in Vancouver. Uh, but we, we think it's going to be you. Thought, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And time flew after that. I mean, weeks, a couple weeks at least. And I thought, well, I guess they went with a kid from Vancouver. Um, and then I got the call. And it was literally report to set in Vancouver. So we packed up and, and went to Vancouver. Uh, and I got a haircut. And they sent me back home to L.A. The most expensive haircut ever, but it was, um, but it was, it was good. You know, they did wardrobe fittings and, and all that stuff. It didn't make sense to do all that stuff in LA. Yeah. And that was it. And then a couple weeks later, went back, met all the other kids and we spent the next two months making pretty cool miniseries. Yeah. Pretty cool is an understatement. Jesus. I think, uh, like before, the 2017 film and obviously the sequel like before, like I don't think there was any other adaptation so like that was the one true kind of thing and people still think that like because um like Thomas your mic oh sugar sorry better you guys, do you guys still have GSM on? <laughs> um, <laughs> no yeah it, it it was it was cool there's, there's two parts to that though for us is, is yeah. we can't believe how how well it's aged. Yeah. By and large, with the exception of some of like the Harryhausen-esque you know effects of the day, and and yeah. of course it's mostly practical. Now we can get away with anything with CG. Um, yeah. You know, it, apart from all of that, it's still held up, and and none of us for a second thought that this would have any kind of shelf life i mean it was yeah. made for tv and, and back then most things that were made for tv unless like john travolta was in it you know yeah. n- never ended up on video store shelves it just wasn't a thing so so after it aired they treated it like it was a movie so it had a full you know vhs release it had a, a dvd release a couple years later i mean it we didn't think for a second that it would have the legs that it's had and 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 be and be playing on you know American Thanksgiving instead of It's a Wonderful Life. Like no one ever thought that that would be the the logical use for that film. So I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, it it really is. I remember like the first time I saw it. Now because I was meant to watch it for ages. Now I actually my older brother he watched it when he was like super young. And he was like terrified of it, and like so that's why we'd never watch it in our house. So like we just, I just like, oh yeah, how about we watch it? He's like, no, no, we're not watching that. Right. And like, uh, so I remember the first time I watched it. Now I, I'm, I must have been like twelve or thirteen, and like, it wasn't scary to me. It was just like the practical effects. Like everyone loves practical effects. So many people complain about CGI nowadays that like seeing something different. It was pretty good because like i know that in some shots they had like claymation and stuff for like 
Yeah. Him going down the drain and stuff like that, yeah. It's a it's a bit like quirky, but it's like it's it's nice to see because uh everything nowadays is like digital effects, so yeah, I just I remember seeing it and it was just a huge thing. Like I think that that must have been the first Stephen King adaptation I'd seen, and uh, just changed. Like now I love horror movies and I love Stephen King and it it very special place in my heart for that miniseries. That's awesome. That's that's amazing. I and mean, that's the kind of stuff that we hear when we go to conventions and things. And yeah. it never gets old. It it yeah. really. It's it's amazing like, to to think that I was a part of something that um, people still relate to. I mean, there's people that have gone so far as to say that, you know, the way the Losers Club came together, they found their own Losers Club in their school, and it helped them cope with issues that they have, you know, abusive parents yeah. or, you know, being bullied. It, and it's it kind of touches your heart, and you just think I. When we did this, it was just a job. It was just a miniseries. Yeah. Um, and again, we didn't think it was going to go anywhere. Be- besides, I mean, Misery had just come out. I mean, they were yeah. doing full-blown feature films. And, and, um, and you know, Tommy Lee Wallace, the director, said uh, in, a, in the documentary that's coming out uh, in a couple months that we had champagne dreams in a... In a um, and a beer budget. And we really, I mean, we really did. That we yeah. would pull off something twice as long as a normal feature for way less money. Um, and to have people still enjoy it is really saying something. Yeah. It's cool. It's awesome. It, it really is cool, yeah. Like, um, just, yeah. It's, it's always on TV as well. Like, you'll... Every couple of months, it's it's always back somewhere, and like if you hear about, it, you're like, oh, I'm definitely gonna watch that. Like it has, it's a must. <laughs> but, um, so I, w- I was wondering what what was Tim like on set? Because uh, obviously after after that, like just costumes and pictures of Tim were everywhere, right. uh, being the clown, and just so many kids were terrified of that. So what what was he like? He he was pretty quiet. Um, I mean, consummate professional. He was in his space. He wasn't one of those unapproachable, you know, very method actors. Um, at least the way I remember it. Um, and we didn't really work together much. So, like for example, when um, when we met, he was just finishing his part of the scene where he's taunting me on the lake. <laughs> so they shot his bit on the water first, um, and then, you know, I acted to nothing um, <laughs> because it was all from his POV, pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, but we met; we were like passing ships, and I was already a fan of Tim Curry uh, anyway because he was just in The Hunt for Red October at the time, which was my favorite movie at the time. He was on a show called Wise Guy that was my favorite show at the time. Um, so I, I knew, I knew him of him very well. Uh, but when I, I went to meet him, I was really kind of starstruck and, uh, and he was really effusive. He was like, Hey, here I am. Nice to meet you. And then he just walked, kept walking. I mean, it was, it, you know, it worked. 
I guess we're here to just do a job. Great to meet you. We'll see you later. And then um, we wouldn't see him as a group until um, we wouldn't see him as a group until we were fighting him in the sewers. So yeah. when we were on that soundstage, there was a lot of downtime. And, um, and that's a lot of the photos of him, like holding the Mad Magazine with all his kids. You know, he's got a cigarette in his hand, you know. That stuff wouldn't fly these days. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But he's so nice, uh, and he, he made he made time for us. He didn't have to. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that's. It's kind of sad to hear that he wasn't a crazy clown maniac who, whenever you saw. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean Emily. Emily had an experience where, I think it was the first time they met, and he knew her name, so. You know, she was walking by and said, hello, Emily. And then she looked and, you know, he kind of like, he kind of sneered at her, you know. I think, um, I think he was playful in that, but he wasn't, you know, again, he was just, he was still approachable. Was he in full makeup when he did that, though? Oh, of course. Yeah, 100%. Oh. Jesus. There's, there's so many great pictures of him just hanging out. I mean, he's like, you know, in his, uh, in his director's chair with a cigarette or he's holding an umbrella with a cigarette. I, I, yeah. the, the man, the man loved his cigarettes. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Yeah. Jesus. So what, what would you say was your favorite scene to film? Cause like, obviously there was like so many, uh, like the Bowery scene and you know, the classroom and stuff like that. I think my favorite scene to film was when I get jumped by Henry Bowers. Yeah. Because I was 14 and I thought, you know, it, it, it felt cool. Like we practiced the stunt, you know, we practiced falling, we practiced all that stuff. And there were a couple of takes that we did where I fell backwards and they had, you know, safety and, and stuff. Um, there's an amazing stunt double who I must've been wearing a pillow who did a lot of the, the tumbling. Yeah. But that whole sequence was my, I think, my favorite to shoot because um, because I felt like an action hero, you know. I felt like yeah. uh, I could I could say I'm doing my own stunts, whatever. Yeah. That means. yeah. And then I and then I think the the second favorite bit, um, the second favorite bit was was out front of uh, Beverly's house with Jonathan. Where you see the sort of triangle, you know, where Ben sees that um, Bev does not, that Bev likes Bill instead. And, yeah. and how crushing that is for Ben. Um, mm. That, I think, was my favorite, my second favorite scene. Because it took longer than it should have. But also, it was very sweet and actually required something that wasn't eating a a Twinkie, like I'd been used to doing for years <laughs> on the Wonder Years. Yeah. You know of what course, I mean? Yeah. Every, every, yeah. every, I guess every, every moment where I got to be something different was my favorite. Because, I, like I said, I'd just been used to being fluff. Of course, yeah. Um, when you were playing the character, did you like, refer back to the book or was it all by script? 
It was always the script, but I mean, I I remember, I remembered how I felt when I read the book, yeah. and how how much that related to my own life. I mean, I was, um, you know, as an actor, I started getting more and more work from the time I was eight. So we lived near San Diego, you know, yeah. way southern California, and we incrementally moved closer and closer to LA as things got busier. Right, so. Because of that, I was kind of transient. You know, I never stayed in a school for more than a year or two. Um, you know, we were always moving. Like Ben, didn't have a father. Um, and like Ben, I was, I got picked on a lot for being fat. And um, so I was able to bring a lot of those truths. You know, I'm not like going full blown actor studio James Lipton here. I'm just saying, it, it's there were a lot of truths that I could let out, and and that helped. That really helped me live in in the skin of of Ben Hanscom because in so many ways he was me. Yeah, I know for a lot of people like those characters are very relatable because like before that, like you know they were they'd be kind of um kind of brought up a step so like with the with the loser club and all that, that like you know before that was all like kind of jocks and stuff like that and you know there wasn't money movies uh for the kids who were like getting picked on or whatever yeah you're right and, yeah it was just very different for the time like and that's why i think it was so uh, popular like uh and you you were still young, like when when that came out. So did you get any kind of backlash for that or bullying or? Well, I, yeah. For some reason, I always got bullied. Like no matter how what I did, not that I expected it to make me cool at school, right? Yeah. But um, it, kids are mean. They can be mean. They will find the dumbest things to ridicule you over. If yeah. um, if they're, you know, we make fun of what we don't understand. So. Kids were mean at school. Like they thought being on TV was something to laugh at me about. It's just me doing my thing. Like I'm not standing out front of their football practice ridiculing them for playing football. That was my thing. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that was my yeah. thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was there. It, it was it was present, but. Being able to spend so much time with adults, it gave me a different perspective on how to deal with that type of thing very early. Yeah. Like it, it, it allowed me to, to kind of grow up emotionally, I don't want to say beyond them, but, but, but in a way, yeah, past them, past that. So yeah. it didn't hurt as much because I knew that it was bullshit. Of course, yeah. And when when you were filming, was it all like would all the kids film at once and then like do the the grown ups do the different scenes or was it like kind of mixed? It was very mixed. I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with location. Yeah. Um, because we revisit so many different places, so we would knock out certain scenes. I mean, the the first thing that I shot, um, and it's probably true for the rest of the losers. I could be wrong. But it's when we're climbing down the ladder and I pick up the pom-pom. Um, right. yeah. That, um... That's... Are you good? Sorry. 
that was that was the one that, that was the first thing we shot and i we were all terrified because the location was creepy we were underneath um we were underneath them and it uh, like a an institution, a, a, a like a psych, psychiatric hospital, yeah. and it turns out that that psychiatric hospital has a pretty disturbing legacy. So there was there was this like really bad juju that you could feel just yeah. being there, and we were we were shooting underneath in this tunnel, and the tunnel was designed to transport bodies out of the hospital without the other patients seeing them. Oh. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it had it oh. really had this this strange kind of feeling. So we, that was terrifying, and knowing where we were and, and what it was for. Yeah. Um, and then the other big part of fear that that I know I channeled was that this was my shot to do something different. And I yeah. hoped to God I didn't suck. Yeah. Honestly, that's what I was most terrified <clears throat> of, was, was being bad. And then once we got a few takes in, you know, it was kind of like learning to ride a bike again. I was comfortable where I was, and, and the rest of the shoot was easy. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, yeah but like, Jesus, imagine. <laughs> I'd say it was. I'd say it was horrible. Like, uh, down there. Just what? Now, just thinking about that. If I go back and watch it, I'm gonna be like, oh, that's so much worse. Like, did you ever hear the thing with the? Is it the? Oh, I can't think. It's one of those movies where. Uh, what is a poltergeist? The poltergeist. That's what. Yeah. Is How it the used... poltergeist thing where they used actual bodies? Yeah. Yeah, they use actual skeletons because they were cheaper. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, there's like a curse around that movie now, apparently. Yeah, there is a tremendous curse around that movie. There's yeah. there's a few of those movies in Hollywood where, you know, anyone associated with it somehow came up with it. I mean, it the little the little girl had, had her... She, she, we had the same agent. So, I mean, when she passed away, that was a, it was a huge deal. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, once other people started passing in really inexplicable ways, yeah. it tells you, maybe, maybe they shouldn't have messed with those skeletons, dude. Yeah. Huh. Wasn't, there, wasn't there a plane crash? I there was. Trying... Yeah, yeah, there was. I know the way. plane crash was the yeah. girl, I think. The was... older sister, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Insane, like, it's, it was horrible. Another Fuck. another set of films like that is um, Superman. So, well, at least before like the two thousands, anyway, because all the Superman actors had like something happen to them. Yeah, I mean, Superman. going going back yeah. to George Reeves, you know, George Reeves. Um, my grandfather and George Reeves were actually really good friends because they were in Gone with the Wind together. They, they were the two twins in the very beginning of the movie. Oh, um, and so they were really good friends. And my, my grandfather, un, until he, you know, up until he passed, was convinced yeah. that he was murdered, that it wasn't suicide. But, um, yeah, my grandfather was, was Fred Crane 
who was his twin. Hmm. Wow. Didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah then Christopher Reeve. Um, yeah, that was tragic. Yeah. That wasn't supposed to happen that way. So I, I hope I hope everyone else is sleeping comfortably in a plastic bubble. Mm. Yeah, I hope the Superman curse is over. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's, 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 you know, he seems, did do Mission Impossible. Like, um, and that was a curse itself. No, I'm messing. <laughs> I'm messing. <laughs> but um, what was it? Uh, yeah, like the last over the last few years, what who was the Superman before Henry Cavill? Do you know Thomas? Uh, Brandon Brandon Routh, I think. Uh, I think it was yeah. Just just check it there. Double yeah. check. I don't want to be wrong here. <laughs> I think it was Brandon Routh. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. George Reeves. Apparently it was George Reeves. Yeah, no, that was the that was the original. Um look up I when when did the last year? It must have been like two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand six was Brandon Rue, yeah. Yeah. I I think he's okay. And I obviously Henry Cavill, he's yeah, he's doing. He's doing great. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, there's the end is put to that curse anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so have have you ever met Stephen King yourself? Then I haven't. It's a crime against humanity. Uh. <laughs> honestly, honestly. Um, and I, you know, I missed him by days um, when I went to Toronto to do Chapter Two. Yeah. He. They had just wrapped all the stuff they did up in Port Hope, you know, their their sort of idyllic town setting of, of Derry, and they yeah. moved back to the city to do you know all the other stuff. I mean, the day that we did the boardroom scene, as soon as they were done with that, I mean, we put in a full eight hours on that scene, and they went and shot all of the the stuff with Eddie driving the yeah. driving the. Mm. I mean that's that's the, the clip that they worked at. Um, it's it's amazing, but yeah, mm. I missed him by days. I was so oh so. Oh, bummed. that's a shame. Yeah, the, the driver, the driver that picked me up from the airport to take me to the warehouse, told me that uh, Stephen King had just left. Oh, that heartbreaking. Oh, I couldn't imagine it. <laughs> wow. But someday, you know, someday, oh, I'll definitely, just, you'll have to. Maybe I'll have to just go to to Bangor, Maine, and and um, you know, pretend to be a newspaper delivery person. <laughs> like, aren't aren't you Stephen King? And he's just like, yeah, yeah aren't you, aren't you, aren't you Ben? It's just like that will that will never happen. <laughs> that will never happen. No, when I was um, man, I was in like my my mid twenties. I was living in L.A. and I was. I was doing musical theater at the time, which was an, a nighttime thing. Um, so I also had a day job, and I was a messenger. It's a great racket because you can basically work whenever you want. Um, it's perfect for actors, too. So I'm sitting in Century City, and I, I, get, a, I get a message to go pick up uh, some a, you know, a package of pills. Yeah. And it says, do not disturb occupant. Um, you know, and it said T. Curry. <laughs> I was like, really? Really? Okay. 
So I go to Tim Curry's house as a messenger, right? And I'm going, yeah, I know. And I'm going to pick up his bills to take back to Century City to his accountant. Um, yeah. We're talking about like invoices for Entertainment Weekly magazine and stuff like that. Like, he could be bothered, yeah. could be bothered to write those checks. Um, but hey, that's cool, man. He earned it. Um, so I, I get there, and I'm having this battle with myself. Do I? Do I knock on the door? It says the stuff's in the mailbox. Do I plead ignorance? You know, I'm not going to Tim Curry's house and not saying hi to Tim Curry. (laughs) So I rang the doorbell and his wife answered. And was like, oh, I'm sorry, the the stuff you have, uh, we're we're shipping is in the mailbox. And I said, yeah, but, you know, it's me. to Tim mm, Curry's no. house, and, and she said yes. And I said, well, "Okay, hear me out. Um, I worked with Tim on it." And she, like a ghost face, like she just turned ghostly. She recognized me immediately, and was like, "Hold on a second, Tim." Tim comes out, and we had a nice little conversation. We uh, we talked about how it was coming out on like DVD or something. I forget what we were talking about, but it was, um, it was cool to kind of rehash some of those old experiences and, and, and to feel like a peer, even though I'm delivering his mail. Um, (laughs) It was, it was, it was an interesting moment, but, uh, but I won't forget it. And right after that, he did um, that span a lot musical and he, or not he, but, uh, David Hyde Pierce, who was also in that, you know, from Fraser and everything else, he uh, he and I had the same voice teacher, so it was kind of cool to be on the periphery of that. And I'm a huge fan of Monty Python, so yeah, like to be kind of on the periphery, once or twice removed from that whole thing was was really interesting too. So Tim Curry uh, signed a a can of spam for me, and uh, yeah. And the rest, well, they say, is, is, is history. <laughs> what are the chances of that, though? That's <laughs> no. like that's insane. Yeah, wow. I know. But it also, it I think it was the universe making sure that that humility was a big part of my life. Yeah, you know, you think of all the rejection that you have as a as an actor, as a, and especially as a child actor. Um, mm-hmm. You know. These are all things that sort of put you in, in, your, in your place, right? So most certainly getting a text um, to go pick up Tim Curry's mail uh, was, was, the, was the dose of humility that I, I sorely needed at the time. Yeah. It's wow. great, though. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. But um, what was I going to say? So... <laughs> I remember, uh, yeah, it is, like, that's incredible how that that would just happen. It's, well, it's weird to think about, but I guess. I'm uh, just glad I didn't get fired for it. But you know what? I would have, I would have taken that. Yeah. It would, it would have been worth it. Of course, yeah. (laughs) Um, so me and, uh, so me and Tommy here, we went to see, uh, we went to see it one, obviously, uh, when it came out in 2017. And then Chapter 2, uh, we went to see in Double Bill. And I remember the second the boardroom meeting started, 
instantly recognized you. I was just like, Thomas, fuck, look who it is. I was like, it's Ben. And then, like, I remember looking it up after, and I was like, holy shit, it was. And uh, it was just such a, like, I, I didn't expect to see, like, anyone return from the original miniseries. No. And then just the second that hit, I was just like, hold on. <laughs> so, uh, like, how, how did that come about? Did you contact them or did they contact you to come back? It kind of, it kind of both. It was really casual, actually. It was really weird. When the trailer dropped in March, I reached out on Facebook to Andy, the director, and I yeah. said, you don't know me from anybody. Um, I just... I." I'm, I can't believe what I just saw. Like, I cannot wait to see what you've done with this thing. Because there's been so many threats over the years of Warner Brothers doing a remake of it. And for whatever reason, you know, citing the usual creative differences, whatever, it, it never seems to happen. Um, so I, it's like the boy who cried wolf, you know, when they announced that it was going to happen again. We're like, no, it's not. It's not going to happen again. Trailer drops. I was floored. I could not wait to see the movie. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just reached out and was like, hey, dude, this, <laughs> this looks amazing. Um, I can't wait to see it. Uh, best of luck to you. And that was it. And so he responded back almost immediately. I was like, hey, oh, my God, it's you. How cool. Um, <laughs> you know, we, so we, we started talking about stuff. Um, Fast forward a few months later, the film is released. I go to see it, and as soon as I got home, I got on Facebook and was like, "Andy, that was incredible cinema. Like that was the that that exceeded my wildest expectations." Um, yeah, so we we started talking, and um, and he said, "You know, hey, you should do a cameo." <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's let's do that. And then there's you know nothing, and it hit me for a second. This profile is not verified. Oh. For for a while, I thought this whole time oh, no I've been speaking to some like super fan. So I know Andy was verified on Instagram because that's his, that's his, yeah. that's his social media of choice. So yeah. I sent him a DM on, on Instagram and I was like, oh, okay, look, at the risk of looking like a complete imbecile, yeah. here's a screenshot of me being offered a, um, a cameo in yeah. the next film. Am I getting trolled here? Nothing. And, and worse than nothing, he left me on red. Oh. So I instantly thought, oh, he left me on red. Okay. Okay, you know what? That's cool. It's fine. No problem. He comes back a little while later and says, yeah, I'm the troll. <laughs> and I, I was... I was talking to my wife at the time. I was like, the universe works this way? 
<laughs> I'm getting a role in a feature film, and and not just a feature film, like a big feature film. Um, yeah. From Instagram, I mean, <laughs> really? And so we talked about it. There were a lot of different um, you know options we were thinking about. You know, being an employee of um, you know of Beverly's who has a crush on her or something. You know, we were trying to find interesting ways to tie it in. And, yeah. and so he and Gary came up with the idea of, of a kind of fake out, you know? Yeah. Which was interesting. The, it, it got cut quite, quite a bit. In fact, most of the, the introductions were pared down pretty, pretty significantly. I think it, for time. Yeah, especially because in that boardroom, uh, in that scene, you know, the, the guy across the table from me is giving me an earful of shit about all this stuff. And and the longer my presentation goes on, the more uncomfortable I get and the more mistakes I make, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the more pauses I drink. I start to lose my shit completely. Um, but it just didn't, you know, it wasn't necessary. It really wasn't mm-hmm. necessary. So... I'm glad you recognized it. I, that's yeah. That's an well, the fake out worked because I just went, "This is so different." I was just like, "I wasn't expecting this." Is is he bad? And then it's just like Skype, and I was like, oh, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> it's still just no, like and, holy shit, though. And you know, Bill Hader had all of the press. Um, Bill Skarsgård had all of the press. You know, Jessica Chastain had all the press. Um, so it. it it could have worked for a moment, you know, it could have worked for a moment. And there were a lot of people that that was their instant inclination. Um, and then there were a lot of people that didn't catch it at all. And there's so many things like on Reddit, you know, I'll get a notification or something, you know, someone drops a name and I'll, I'll look at it and, and it's like, I had no idea. I seen the film three times and I didn't even notice. So it's subtle. It's yeah. totally subtle. It's not like, you know, Stephen King's cameo or Peter Bogdanovich's cameo or even Andy's cameos, you know. Yeah, Andy's a, cameo is pretty, pretty big, but he's still spotable. Yeah, I think mine was definitely subtle. But, I, you know, Andy has a flair for the cameos. I mean, he wanted Guillermo, uh, Guillermo del Toro to be the, um, to be the janitor. <laughs> Uh, when when Ben is is um, you know confronted by Pennywise in the locker room or in the, in the hallway of the school, that didn't didn't work out. I mean, so that's he thinks of he thinks of all of that. I mean, he thinks of the of the trivia. This is why I think he's a great director. I think he's going to be amazing for um, for the DC universe too because he is a fan himself. Yeah. First and foremost. So he thinks of not just the straightforward storytelling, but I he also thinks of the trivia. He thinks of the the other points of interest that will make, you know will make it more interesting. Yeah. So he is very good in that regard, yeah. Well so that's how it happened, man. It happened on Instagram. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> so, well, 
And yeah, it was like it was so good because everyone. I remember when the first trailer for it 2017 came out, and everyone was like very skeptical. Everyone was like, "This isn't gonna work," because yeah. so many remakes and so many reboots get so wrong, especially and, from Warner uh, Brothers. Yeah, yeah. There was, a, there was a joke for a while that if if Warner Brothers if if their if their release schedule was light, it meant that every story had already been told twice. So, hmm. yeah, yeah. I was I was skeptical too. I really was until the trailer dropped. I, think every, I was like, I think everyone was skeptical. Everyone was like, as soon as they heard it, they were like, mm, I don't know. And then the trailer dropped, and I was still a kind, just a small bit skeptical. And I was just like, okay. Now I'm I'm believing this a bit more, and then I watched the film and uh, it it brought back that same energy, the same kind of coming of age and like unity and stuff like that, and totally. then kind of sprinkled in a bit more kind of modern horror notes and then like obviously chapter two, pretty pretty long movie. Uh, yeah. We we were in the we we're in the the theater for six hours I think yeah. together, including awesome. intermissions. <laughs> And then um, I think the only break we got was when we had to run and get more cotton candy. Yeah, it was literally like it was like between that uh, we thought it was gonna be like a half an hour break, and then I went out, went to the toilet, got more food, went back in, and it was like starting already. I didn't know there wasn't gonna be any ads or anything, and then oh, wow. I was just, oh, okay, we're here, and uh, but yeah, the second the second one, like I know people, a lot of people don't agree with the ending, but just uh, the ending though, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, obviously like now I've only read maybe seventy five percent of the book, so no, I don't know exactly how it ends, but it's I'd like to think it's pretty similar. Anyway. I, I love I love the fact that that the people who were that there was a, a large contingent of people who hated the ending of the miniseries, right? Yeah. myself included. It was totally anticlimactic. Yeah, um, and it rolled over a spider and then stabbed it. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get it. Um, I'm still proud of it, you know, but yeah, I, of I, didn't, I didn't get it. And then there were haters with the ending of of chapter two, which it's like just stop the hate. I mean, exactly. This is this is art. What what would you have done? Considering you're not thinking of all of the nuance, you're not thinking about how much it costs. You're not yeah. thinking about how difficult it is to tie in a story. I mean, Stephen King, especially, especially it. It is not a linear book, by any oh, means. But no. So you are jumping from one place to another, and you go into these crazy, like with Maturin, and you you go into these these tangents uh, that somehow, you know, would make, you know, for an amazing six hour opera. You know, how are you going to translate that into film? I mean, even yeah. what, even even the story that Andy told in chapter two, they had like four and a half hours of footage, from what I hear. The first cut was four yeah. hours, so I mean, they had to shave, 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 and still somehow come up with a coherent, you know, story, which he did masterfully, yeah. but. It's it's the haters don't get the nuance. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's true. 
like the rest of the film was mm. amazing and like that like uh, as much as I say it was a small bit disappointing but I don't hate it no like the movie was great it was a great movie yeah I I love I love the way the kids were shot too I mean yeah the, the the shot with you know Bev on the bike with Bill I mean it's very cinematic and and we didn't have those moments in ours at all I mean it it the teleplay didn't allow for it. I mean, it just wasn't. Yeah, well, it's a different world now. It's a, yeah, it's a totally it is, different world. But I will say there there were some scenes in the uh, in the miniseries that I think kind of outweighed the the new scenes. And I'm just like, not to say either is better because I love them all equally, but um, I think the uh, the rock fight in the original, it had a lot more kind of uh, emotion behind it. And uh, in the new one, it was kind of played off for laughs. It, no, that's, it was. It was yeah. welcome now. I, I think it was welcome. I, I yeah. liked it, actually. And, I, and I'm, you know, I, and I grew up on Anthrax, so... Yeah, I thought it was nice. hilarious. Like, yeah, Antisocial yeah. was a pretty good pick for that one. So. But, I, but I just... Um, yeah, I mean, they, there were some moments that I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I appreciate yeah. from that. Hmm. No, yeah. but, uh, hopefully not. Like, still waiting on the director's cut for uh, chapter one and two because I remember after chapter one came out, it was just like, oh yeah, uh, Andy Muschietti has a director's cut in the works that's going to be like three hours long, and it's it has this scene and that scene, and I'm like. <laughs> Holy shit! And it's been three years. Like I'm just like yeah. You, we'll probably never see that. Oh. I I don't know. I don't know. It's a shame. Man. Know. He's got oh. he's got a, he's got a lot in in the pipeline already. I mean he's got yeah that's true. He's got Flashpoint. He's got a reboot for the Time Machine. There's um gosh what else is there? There's another. A reboot on uh, Attack on Titan. I oh, mean, there's I a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in his pipeline, and I think he's even developing a Robotech movie. I mean, how awesome is that? But, but it's yeah, he's got a lot going on. I remember when I came home from Toronto. Um, well, actually, when I was there, Andy and Barb's agents were were there, and I think they were finalizing some of the deals that. You know, we're we're talking about now. Uh, so it was really nice to meet those guys, and, and um, I just remember sending him this this GIF of like a a bear on a unicycle, like juggling. You know, <laughs> like dude, slow down. Because what you know, in one day it was announced he was doing the time machine, and then the next day it was announced he was doing you know. Attack on Titan. Yeah. And I was like, bro, slow down. Wait, is Attack on Titan, bro? That he's doing that? Slow down. Is, yeah, because um, I remember seeing, like, I've only seen one article about it, but is Attack on Titan confirmed that he's doing that? I, I, yeah, as far as I know. My God. Um, I, now, I, know. I, hope, I hope he does it justice, because, you now, a lot of Western kind of movies or like adaptations of uh japanese stuff like that they don't really tend to to stick the landing 
But, no, you're um, right. Uh, like seen as like seen from what he's made, like Mama and uh, it, Chapter One and Two, obviously. If you treat it like a horror movie, I think you could uh, go pretty far with that. I think it would be interesting to see his development. I mean, he's yeah. moving into you know the superhero universe right now. Yeah. If you know, he came at it from the the from the standpoint of a, of the perspective of a fan. Yeah, first and foremost. So I, I don't think that that will be any different. Yeah, with Hopefully. the Flashpoint movie, and I don't think it'll be any different with uh, Attack on Titan. I think he is, he comes at it as a fan and and an artist in in his own right. I mean, the guy is yeah. the literal definition of of. Uh, like, dude, that guy, he, he could literally do the Dos Equis commercials, right? If he would just gray out the beard a little bit, he could be the new Dos Equis <laughs> guy. The most interesting man in the universe. The guy can play <laughs> guitar, play piano. He can draw. He can direct. He can act. He can sing. Like, yeah. He makes the rest really of us look bad. For himself, he makes he, the rest of us look name. bad. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he, he is making a name for himself. So, like, <laughs> like... You know, nowadays with kind of like so far, pretty much all he's done is horror movies. And nowadays, it's very rare to get a good horror movie. Like, do you do you go back like maybe twenty, thirty years? Classics, all classics. Then in like the from two thousand to like two thousand ten, it was just like, okay, we're you know, it's 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 not really going anywhere. I think it was the, the genre just trying to figure itself out, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah. cinema evolved, you know, yeah. I mean, what we see as a blockbuster now would have been unthinkable, you know, 20, 30 years ago. I mean, just yeah. from a technical standpoint. Mm. Um, and you had like the, the you know, we're talking about Attack on Titan. You look at like the ring, you look at these movies that have yeah. you know, massive, you know, foreign influence, not foreign, I should say, uh, Eastern influence. Yeah. I, mean, um, I think there was an embrace of of those films, and that sort of helped the genre. I mean, it was it was the blood and guts of the eighties. You know, the literal blood and guts, like the disembowelment yeah. and and <laughs> the shock and horror. You know, the oh, Gallon's yeah. blood. <laughs> I think Andy pays homage to in uh, in it number in it two. You know, with the the bathroom, yeah. the, the world record. What well, isn't it the world record yeah. now? You can't have too much yeah. blood. I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and especially you know, considering, uh, I just think it, the genre had a, it had to find itself again, and it had to find yeah. a new audience. I mean, there are people mm, yeah, who will respect. That's true respect the old stuff um i think it needs to find uh, something new like with andy and mama for example yeah the way and it's same thing with a lot of other a lot of other films they explored things that weren't traditionally frightening but were so unsettling like things yeah movement for example like that like the mama creature you yeah she could have had mickey mouse's face Right, yeah. but just the way that that character moves is so like disconcerting. Like it's yeah. 
terrifying and uncomfortable. So I, I think we're just <laughs> find new ways to to freak you out because exactly. the blood and guts. Thing, you know, like we're so desensitized to that, it's comical. Yeah. When you look at those you look at those classics. It's comical now. Yeah. So we need to find things that are a little bit more like psychologically unnerving. Yeah. Now, like from twenty, like from twenty ten on, it was kind of, or even not like from two thousand eight on, it was kind of remakes like Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street, and they all kind of flopped. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's, I know the West Craven Estate is actually taking um, uh, like pitches on a, uh, a new Nightmare on Elm Street uh like franchise, I think, and uh, I know that LeBron James is actually going to direct a, a new Friday the Thirteenth. And uh, he ended up. Hadn't heard that. That's interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think it was LeBron James. Yeah, but um, Just LeBron. I know it was. It was pretty cool. But then I think some some new law came in that after thirty years, like um, uh, like licenses and property of a film would go back to the original owner, uh, regardless of like uh, what company bought it or something. And so now they'd have to get permission off the people who own the characters or the rights and everything. Well, interesting. Yeah, I yeah. haven't heard of that. I don't know. Hmm. So that's yeah. cool. Same with Chris Rock. He's trying to make a, a Saw remake, oh, isn't he? Oh, no. He's, he's, already, um, he's already started that. It was... Well, it's, it's called Spiral from the Book of Saw. It's like... Um, like a, I, I don't know if it's a soft reboot or if it's set in the same universe. Anyway, it, look, it looks good. I know Samuel Jackson's in it. So. That's amazing. See what yeah, I mean? Like, so, horror is horror is becoming mainstream now, and I think yeah. because of because of that. And then, I just think we just have to have a, a more open mind of what constitutes horror. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you you could look at um, we could do an, an American political documentary right now, and that would be <coughs> that would could be considered horror. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a real life horror film, man. <laughs> it is. Yeah, some of the things that uh, have come out now, I will like over the last few years, there haven't been many good horror films, but there have been some absolute gems. Obviously, the eight movies, and then uh, what Ari Aster is doing with like Hereditary and Midsummer and stuff like that. Thomas and Michael Michael. Steel with you know Get Out and Us and Who directed the Lighthouse and the Witch? Is my mic? Yeah, it's it's good now. Don't worry. Uh, I actually don't. I don't know who directed The Witch and the Lighthouse, but I know they're in the same company as uh, Hereditary Midsummer because uh, those two movies—they're not really about blood and guts, uh, as you were saying. It's it's more like like it's a slow build-up and it's kind of misdirection as well with the trailers or whatever. So they'll like nice. mislead you to nice. see this thing. Yeah. So they'll be like, oh look, uh, here's this character and this character is going to be like the center plot point of the movie. And then it's like, boom, in the movie it's like half an hour in, kind of a slow burn character that's like killed off or something like that. And then you're just like, okay, what happens now? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's it completely throws you for a loop. It's And then just the psychological aspects in them, <laughs> like, Jesus. Yeah. Like, because, you know, Conjuring and all them. And oh God! Yeah. But um, remember when we went to go see Annabelle, Dara? Yeah, we, I, I think I've told the story twice in the podcast. But we went to see, I think it was the third Annabelle movie, and um, so we're in the we're in the theater, and uh, 
I there was like a it was like a dark doorway, and like on screen, and I just I was thinking to, I was sitting thinking to myself I was like, shit like, how stupid would it be, if like the doll just came flying out of the door <laughs> right now. Like it'd be so stupid. I was gonna say it to Thomas, but then I was like, nah. If I say it to Thomas, I'm gonna look like an idiot. <laughs> Three seconds later, <laughs> the dog comes flying out the door, and I was like, okay. I like. Yeah. I started laughing. I started laughing, and Thomas was like, "What are you laughing for?" And I was like, "I was gonna predict that five seconds ago, but then I thought, nah, it'd be too stupid." Right. The whole jump scare genre of film. It's I, just, you, you, yeah, you mm. probably weren't the only one. Yeah, I, I, that's uh, jump scares. Jump scares is a, is a is a tricky. It's a slippery slope. I think. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. that was the 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 thing with our our it. There weren't jump scares. Um, no, no, no. You had this this long lasting sense of foreboding. You know, you had this this yeah this thick layer of. Yeah, this thick layer that that you weren't sure, you know, what what was going to happen. Yeah, or like when the climb was going to show up or anything. But you've you got to hand it to the jump scares though. <laughs> if they're executed yeah, they get, yeah. really well yeah. and not predictable, I mean that's the hardest part too because you maybe the anticipation of thinking that dog's going to come to the door is on purpose. Maybe they yeah. want you to have that anticipation, whether it comes through or not, the joke's on you. you know? Of course, yeah. But I think yeah, the thing with like yeah, recent yeah. movies is that it's just it'll be a noise. Like it, there's no build up or anything. It's just like boom, you're scared. And then like, obviously in the new it movies there were a few jump scares, but like what Andy did with them, like he he, he had a build up. So like I think the one that was in the trailer for the first one was um where. Uh, Richie's in the room full of the uh, the clown dolls or whatever, yeah. and he jumps out of the coffin, beep beep Richie, and then goes after him. You know, there was a building. It was like yeah. you didn't know if he was gonna grab him or if he was gonna go for him or whatever. And then you know, they went with uh, the jump scare, and obviously like it it was like okay yeah well it got like it got you obviously yeah, and it was and then, literally a jump scare. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and then right after that, they went straight into the fridge scene, which is like one of the best scenes in that movie, where uh, he just contorts out of the fridge. It's so like disturbing; you wouldn't like it. A body should not be able to move that way. So you're just 100%. like, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's that's that thing I was saying. You know, with with looking at the unsettling movement of characters, it's just not yeah. it's not natural. So it it gets you on a different level gets you on a it gets you on a different level mm. that's very true yeah but um yeah <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yeah. I never get to talk about horror movies so like I go all out when, yeah. uh, when it goes off on a thing that's good you gotta get it out of your system man exactly I'm, yeah I'm here to help you. Thank you so much. There's some really good ones though, and then there's some not good ones, you know. But like, yeah. there's some there's some really new good horror directors like Peel, Ari Aster, Jordan Eggers, yeah. you know, that are they're gonna do big things for the horror genre. 
and hopefully kind of save it because in the last couple of years it just yeah nah. it's been like it's just been sequel after sequel and like kind of now I will admit there have been like no the Invisible Man reboot I thought was good I yeah that good. was something else so what, yeah, yeah my wife and I we, we watched that a couple of weeks ago and that was that was a great movie yeah yeah like it wasn't Elizabeth like, Moss is great Oh, oh, she's yeah, a great she's actress, yeah. Yeah. But um, I know that Universal are uh, planning this whole big um, kind of like monster movie uh, cinematic universe. And I think the next one is like uh, Bride of Frankenstein or something. I think, I think they should. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's something that's sorely missing. I'm, I'm sure their takes will be more camp, you know, than what we're used to. But it is... yeah. Those are, those are the, those are the OG, you know, characters in the horror canon. Like, of course, yeah. Get them out. It's we're going on a hundred years now. Let them, um, you know, let them out of their cage. Exactly. Let's, yeah. let's watch. Let's watch the bloodbath of the people trying to play those roles. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, it's like I'm. Seeing like what Andy's doing and Ari Aster and Peel and the whole um, uh, cinematic universe idea, I'm I'm hopeful going forward with horror movies. Uh, I know the next the next big one I think is a like Candyman remake yeah. by George Peel. Yeah. And uh, there was like I think there was one single trailer of that where it was all just kind of like a shadow puppet show. And uh, I don't know something about that is just like really like okay. This this looks good. Like, I I think it's okay for those for especially something like Candyman. Yeah. Uh, you've got these movies that were great in their day. But yeah. As an audience, we're way more sophisticated now. You know, we don't yeah. necessarily want the grindhouse. You know, <laughs> blood and guts all over the thing. We yeah. give that to you know Quentin Tarantino and whatever. Yeah. Um. So I think for someone like, you know, for Peel to to do a Candyman, and I heard Tony Todd's in it as well, which is He awesome. is, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. To to have, you know, someone like Tony Todd come back, not to say that the Candyman wasn't good, but it was it was great in the day. Yeah. But now we've got all these tools and and we have to make this appeal to a more sophisticated audience, a broader audience, because now horror is mainstream. Yeah. Um, I I would love to see that movie. I can't wait for it to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I was just wondering if if you could see any horror movie or like Stephen King adaptation rebooted and like uh, you know, like it, ha- it like it'd be good. Obviously, uh, what what would you want to see and why? I think I would like to see Christine. Yeah. Oh my God. I was literally about to say that. Thank yeah. God someone agrees. <laughs> no, I think Christine would be a really interesting choice. Um, I, I think it would as well. Yeah. I think it would be it'd an be interesting very choice. Hard to do, it'd be very hard to do, though, because the, like, considering the amount of Plymouth Furies that were uh, around back then, mm-hmm. and then considering it now, I think there's only two of the actual... Um, screen used ones left 
uh, that are fully functional. So they're going to have to either replace the car or like do a kind of a, a new mock up of it or they could use a Tesla. Build, they could they could build one from scratch. They could yeah, that would actually be poetic. If, I don't, if, I don't if know if get... Christine is Christine without the Plymouth Fury though. So no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. How I, fun would I, it be to see a Tesla run at you screen? <laughs> that's that would appeal, but that would appeal to irrational fears that people have now. If it was a Tesla, you know, yeah. because we're we're worried about AI, you know, we're worried about oh. all of these these things, right? So that could be an interesting spin. But I think, yeah, if you go back to the Fury, uh, and it's Hollywood, man, they can make whatever they want. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't take much to reskin something else to look like something, you know, or or, of course, of course, yeah. yeah like there, it, it's not like there wasn't money of uh, similar-looking cars made, so they could just kind of like take bits off and put bits back on and stuff like that. But if but, you, um, you go if you go on wiki, if you go on wiki and you see exactly how many of those were made, um, they could find them. You know, yeah. they'll they'll make seven or eight picture cars, and um, dude, I'll. Try and get my hands on one. <laughs> I would, I would l imagine owning that car. Like I know, I know that John Carpenter actually did a um. He did like a a music video. He, I think they they remastered like the Christine soundtrack, and they did a music video with one of the cars. And right oh, at yeah. the end of it, I think the, the the car pulls up like right next to uh like a woman, and the window rolls down, and John Carpenter is sitting in the driver's seat. And I was just like, oh, just based on listening to that uh, music, I was just like, they could definitely do this. I know that the, I don't know if it was the writers or the directors of um, The Strangers Pray at Night, they expressed interest in doing a Christine remake. I, I, that, think, I think that would be a solid, a solid remake. It would. If it was done well now, like obviously you can't just be like, oh, boom, remake. It'd have to be very well thought out and you know but i think it, it would be a very good one well i think they've seen that i think you know i i can't speak for everyone i can't speak for anyone but um but just <laughs> thinking about um you know warner brothers and and how much money from a business standpoint how much money that it made between the two films um i I think they're probably not afraid to throw money behind a good title. So yeah. if the case were made for Christine, Warner Brothers has the precedent to to say, hey, you know, let's do this, let's throw this at it, let's throw this at it, let's you know, let's spend seventy million dollars on this because we know it's a it's an amazing title. Yeah. It's long overdue for um, a, a modern reboot, and uh, yeah. it would make money. Mm. Much as I love the original, uh, I have to agree with the the modern retelling. <laughs> There's a lot of modern retellings that don't ever need to happen. There's a lot of things yeah. that are just stupid. It, it's That's very stupid. true. But um, but something like that, I mean, we're we're giving it a new life because of the technology. And sophistication, and yeah. and and what's what, what would happen in the case of Christine is, it would introduce a new generation of audiences to the original, 
Yeah, I mean, it's like what happened with ours. There were people who saw it in 2017 that had never seen the miniseries. Oh, but <laughs> yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, it's no, okay. It exactly. So, yeah. But, but when when it came out, you log into iTunes, you know, or the movie store, and the number one thing was the miniseries for a while yeah. because people were genuinely interested in it and. Um, and I, I think the same thing would happen with Christine. Oh, yeah. 100%. Disney are big, big into their remakes because of that, I think. As oh, well. God. They love <laughs> remaking stuff now these days for where they're kind of like cash. They like money. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's some. Like, like Doolittle, the idea makes sense to do mm. something like that. It, you're going to get a, a, a mixed result yeah um but i mean why not i mean there are some some movies i, I think as long as they're done this is like my biggest fear when when it was coming out i was afraid of being made classic at like 40 <laughs> i'll be honest with you like i thought that the, the proposition of me being classic was absurd um <laughs> And I honestly thought that, you know, it, the miniseries would just end up, you know, in the DVD bargain bins and um, put on the shelf for the rest of eternity now that a big Hollywood remake has, has happened. And it's been quite the opposite. Um, so I, I, I think there's, there's room enough to, to embrace the new and respect the, the old. Um, of course, yeah. I'm thinking they're making a new ghost, aren't they? Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I think that's that's um, I don't think that's a reboot though. That's a continuation of the original. um, Yeah, because the the original sucked. (laughs) I mean, mm, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, with the new one, I think they're um, not funny. (laughs) I mean, the the new one that's coming out. Uh, who they're who's. Finn Wolfhard's in it. Yeah, Finn yeah, Wolfhard's in it. Paul Rudd. Trying to call Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd. I'm trying to think of who, um, what, um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm having a brain fart here. Uh, who the, who the Ghostbuster that they're related to is, I'm trying to think. Oh, it's, 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 um, oh, it's did with glasses. It's Egon's, it? it's, it's Egon's it's, gear. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, bang, yeah. it's Bangler's gear, the big find. Yeah, yeah, Bangler's yeah. But yeah, just I remember when the trailer for that came out, and that I was just like, okay, like this is a breath of fresh air after 2015, because uh, even though Ernie Hudson was in that one, he he made a brief cameo, obviously. All but, of them. Uh, wait, no, no, not all of them. Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah Bill, uh, Bill Murray was, did. Just except uh, except for the one who. Die. Who's the one who died? Um, yeah, that I, was... I can't think of their names. Harold Harold Ramis is was, was Egon. He's he's gone. Yeah, but the rest but of them every... all made cameos. They all did. Yeah, all three of them. Was, Bill Murray was in was it. Uh, yes, he was the taxi driver who said he wasn't afraid of ghosts. That was the funny part oh. because he was a ghost yeah, Wow, wow that's so. But no, like I feel like instead of doing like they did a reboot for that one, but the new one is just a continuation. I feel like that's mm. that's very 
it's a good way to go about it. Like, what do you think of the reboot? I think it was good. Yeah, you. The horror. <laughs> <movie. laughs> no, I, I yeah, I liked it. I, I it, it had its hmm, yeah. I think it had its moments um, where it was painful. Um, yes. <laughs> but I'd give it an 8 out of 10, honestly. Really? Um, wow. I do, I do, because because if you you look at the original Ghostbusters, you've got all the expectations, right? You're, you're telling a similar story. Yeah. You're changing the gender. You are... It, it's something that hadn't been, really been done before. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think the performances were great. I think, um, I think it went into the Ghostbusters universe, uh, knowing full well, you know, w- with a cast of Saturday Night Live alum as well as yeah. were the others. Uh, it was meant to be camp. Mm. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I liked uh, I liked Chris's performance in it. He was like, kind of playing the uh, the very dumbed down assistant. I think that he's was so good. Yeah, yeah, he's such a good actor, man. He's awesome. <laughs> I mean, he's he's Thor. Exactly, he's Thor. I mean, <laughs> he was also in Cabin in the Woods, which was pretty funny. It was pretty much a parody of the thing while keeping the. The horror aspect as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> so I liked it. I, I did like it. I liked the yeah, I no. liked the movie. I, I liked it for what it was. Um I you know, it's I'll be happy with Afterlife, you know, continuing yeah. on the original brand. I think it's totally cool. Yeah, I thought the the remake was kind of camp. I mean, to a level that none of the other Ghostbusters movies were, right? It was almost yeah. like a lampoon of of Ghostbusters, and I don't mean that to be like misogynistic or anything. I loved their no, performances. No. I, yeah, I, no, I liked it. You. I liked it. Just it wasn't, you know, it's not a universe I I care as much about. Yeah. yeah, because I'm so vested in the other one. There's no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have room in my brain for it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, 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 that makes sense. It's a bit like the how like the X Men movies. After a while, because of like how big Marvel was getting, because the last few of them, like Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, oh, they were. They didn't Dark do Phoenix, so well. Part, yeah, Dark Phoenix to, was a complete flop. Compared and to Dark Phoenix say, is one of the huge parts of like the X Men comics as well. So the fact that that movie was bad and it's meant to be like their best mm. wasn't really, yeah. People were on the MCU oh. train then, and everyone was like, "Oh shit, Thanos is coming!" So, you know, nobody has yeah, so time for it. Yeah, everyone, everyone's just kind of like, "Okay, X Men who at the moment?" And now that you know, um, Disney owned Fox and everything, I feel people like are really excited about mutants being introduced and the Fantastic Four and stuff like that. I think the cross pollination is inevitable. It's it's going to happen. Oh yeah, like I, we just don't know how long we're going to have to wait. Now. I I I'd say that start introducing like they won't have massive characters for probably another ten years. No, but I think they might start introducing like mutants and stuff over the next. I think Hulk like, versus Wolverine. Hulk versus Wolverine. That's is been talked about. Movie that's on the way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which in is the pretty talk, great. Anyway. Um, mm. Like, you never thought you'd get that because <laughs> of all these, all the way it was. Because um, first you had, like, obviously the Raimi trilogy for Spider Man and then uh, X Men and all the Fantastic Four movies and everything. And, like, if someone told you, oh, yeah, and, like, say, 30 years from now, you're going to have Spider-Man and the Avengers and, like, the X-Men and Fantastic Four and everything, you'd be like, oh, no, you're insane. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. That, never, that could never happen. No, I mean, it, the, right, right now, it's the age of, of, you know, holy shit, I can't believe we let Disney get away with that. Bye. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, like, there, there's going to be some serious nerd porn happening. Finally, yeah. I mean, finally, I'm excited for that. I think it's going to be cool. Oh my I mean, I'm, 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 I'm kind of burnt out on the MCU personally. So, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think it'll be nice to, to have some new life mm. yeah. pumped into the DC universe. Are you going to go see Black Widow? I'm, uh, yeah, dude. Are you kidding? Mm. I saw, I was watching this video and they were tr- trying to explain how she might be alive because in one of the trailers she's wearing this uh, this mask and in the comics her and her sister used to swap faces with one another. So there's this massive theory that her sister is actually an yeah, endgame. Her sister instead. And that she's like in trapped in some massive Russian camp. <laughs> what, like, like Hopper and Stranger Things? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that he's was... going to be in it as well, so. Dude, there was um, there was a girl that I met at um, at a convention, like Indianapolis last year. Yeah. Um, super sweet, super like Stranger Things fan. And she had an absolute meltdown over Hopper. Um, <laughs> you know, right? I think I think intervention was necessary um, <laughs> because you didn't watch past the credits. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're fucked. They, they talk about the American like, in the camp. Yeah. Oh. And then yeah. uh, that that trailer came out a few months ago with him in the snow, and everyone was just like, "Boom!" And then sadly, we got struck with all this uh, I, bullshit. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it's I'm. Um, uh, I wish I was anywhere else. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I want to say I love my country, man. I do. I, I, there are some things that I I, I do enjoy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I'd be happier elsewhere. I'd feel safer elsewhere. Yeah. I'll be yeah. honest with you. Um, you know, where I live right now, it's uh, um, it's. You have the sensibilities of people in in the Midwest, more mm-hmm. or less. And I'm not trying to be disparaging, but you know, California is not all a bunch of you know liberals. There are a lot of of people who are not taking this seriously. Yeah, my mom. I mean, my mom passed away from COVID, so I mean, it it is it has it has hit us personally. And I, I I'm looking at all these other countries, and there's data that you can find anywhere. You know, the the drop of a hat. You know that that suggests that the United States is 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 singularly. Losing people uh, unnecessarily, 
And I mean, it's been a burden and it's shut down business and industry and, and we're, even entertainment. We're trying to figure out how to get back and people are doing so at extreme risk. But we don't really have a choice, man. We don't have a government that really they're shelling out money to people, uh, to the wrong people. Mm. We're not, not lifting up our, our citizens. Um, it, it's sad. I mean, I see countries that are, are helping people with 70%, so as much as 80% of, of their income in the meantime. You know, and it's not a gift, yeah. but, but it's, it's helping people maintain some normalcy and, and incentivizing people to stay home and just get over this. And they're yeah. doing it rather successfully. Um, United States, we're going in the complete opposite direction because we've got a population of people who don't believe in science um, and, and don't really care about one another. So, yeah. where in Ireland are you guys, by the way? Oh, we're, we're in Vermont. Uh, like, right in the middle of it, of Ireland, to be honest. Just trying to think. You you you, you wouldn't heard of any of this. No. I'm I'm working on yeah I'm working on my geography right now yeah so okay. <laughs> so have you been to Ireland before? I've done yeah I've done the ring um but I didn't I didn't do anything in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Like you know, <laughs> Traley okay. up to Galway, yeah. um, Donegal to Dublin, Cork, Cork and then Cork. back up to then back up to Dublin. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, like, I mean, I'll have to come see the middle. Like the, yeah, this is like apparently we have what is it the most haunted castle in Ireland? Yeah, in in our county. Yeah, and uh, that's that's about it. <laughs> like we don't have much else in Offaly, really. Nah, uh, nah, it's uh, like Dublin. You get most people go there. Belfast, yeah, like you, you, you get people go there. Cork and Kerry are like huge kind of uh, like touristy spots. I went down there my last. Uh, I went down to Kerry there uh, last week myself. And uh, yeah, it's it's sort of idyllic. Um, you know, I I I like it over there. I it's it's yeah, it is very nice in places like here around here. It's like you know, there's not much scenery and. Uh, it's kind of just like spread out towns, villages, stuff like that. And uh, and like I went down to Kerry, and I was just like, this place isn't half bad. Because <laughs> like there's mountains everywhere, and you're like right along the coast, and yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, it is. It really is. Yeah. I was supposed to be in Ohio. If it wasn't COVID, I was going to go visit uh, my aunt and uncle. They live over there. Are they trying to come back? Uh. <laughs> honestly like i i went i went looking for like any semblance of you know uh of genealogical um you know identity that i could cling to to uh to to see about about, about moving to ireland um i thought about it i would love to i'd love to move there in a heartbeat um I'd be unemployable, of course. So <laughs> yeah. that's um, there's no yeah, there's no like entertainment over here. It's not as big as UK yeah. or America. It's very scary. Yeah, now, I'll admit, we're getting better. We had like a show come out recently. Yeah, called... we've we've had a few 
few good shows now, uh, a few Irish shows over the past few years. Like we've had mm-hmm. Young Offenders, and then Normal People was a breakout show. Like yeah, like the guy who uh, started Young Offenders, he's been up for an Emmy. It's fucking cool. See, yeah, I, yeah, dude, I'm I'm still a lifelong fan of Father Ted. Ah, oh, oh. Father Ted. <laughs> uh, that <laughs> show is so camp and so like it's hilarious, man. Totally we have one hilarious. of the guys on the show. We had a. Um, yeah, did we, we have, see the episode where? Someone steals the whistle. Yeah, we had the guy who stole the whistle on. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Father Damo. That's right. <laughs> it was. It was pretty funny. Father Damo. Oh, yeah, nobody like Graham Norton. He was. He got a little break there. He. It's. That was yeah, uh, huge. And really sad a, because you know he's not accepted by the Irish because he moved to the BBC and then the British don't like him because he's Irish. So well, poor guy. No. <laughs> Yeah, but he's he's crying, he's crying all the way to the bank. Exactly. <laughs> but I yeah, I just I that, that show so irreverent and so like funny, and I yeah I, I heard that the actor passed away you know some years ago, had a heart attack or something. That yeah, was he died. Ted, I um, his name. He died the day after they they stopped filming. Oh, Jesus, yeah. He never That's got to terrible. see the last season. Like, it's mad. That's terrible. And then the actor who played Jack died on the same day, years after. Right. I mean, fairly recently, though. Father yeah, Jack, yeah. The guy who played Father Jack just died. He died Jack. recently, yeah. Bad. But died on the same bad. day, like the, like, the exact same, the same date. It's mad. That was so funny. It's an ecumenical matter. <laughs> no. Oh, I love that, that show. I love that show. Yeah, but no, but like the thing with Irish television is that most of the time it's premiered on BBC first. Sure. Young Offenders <laughs> comes out on BBC before it comes out here. Uh, Normal People, I knew that I knew that came out on BBC before it came out here because I watched it and I'd already thought it came out on RTV, and then it was like, oh, the premiere of Normal People, and I was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like they they got it weeks before us, and I'm just like. Then the RT tried to have it removed because uh, no, get, it was like the longest, longest yeah, the long, television longest sex scene. scene. It was four minutes long. It sounds like the the old like thirty years ago the the Japanese console wars. Like, <laughs> I had this. I, I had a guy. I had a guy in Studio City that I would get video games from, and I, the only thing I couldn't play were RPGs because they were all Japanese. But I could get titles for like Super Nintendo, Neo Geo, whatever, like yeah. six months. It would take six months for the, the titles to come out in the States because they had to be sanitized. They had to be purified. Um, you know, like bosses who would fart at you had to be changed to like yelling at you. Like, it, literally, they had to reprogram games so they'd be fit for American consumption. Hello. So, yeah, I used to have to... I used to have to have a guy bring in games from Japan and we'd have to modify the cartridges so I could play the damn game. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to wait. And if I was in your shoes, I'd probably have to go, you know, I'd have to go watch the, the shows on BBC because I can't wait. I have no patience whatsoever. Yeah, I'd take a road trip. And and watch the shows and come back and then tell everybody I've seen it already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get why they do it though because like you know, 
if it's shown on RT, it's not going to reach very many people. You know, and reach Ireland, yeah. But, like, the UK audience would be a lot bigger, and then it'll come out here as well. So, like, I see. yeah. I can see why they do it, but I still think it's unfair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's yours. Exactly, yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah, well, duh, a lot of stuff could be said about that in Ireland. Yeah, let's do <laughs> Let's throw away from the politics, though, because Jesus Christ... Um, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no politics, but uh, yeah, no. Yeah. This place uh, is I've lost patience with it, so I'm I'm looking for alternatives. To be honest with you, uh, Canada, Ireland. Well, if you ever end up here, please let us know. And uh, oh, I will for a pint. Yeah, and a job. Right? right? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, so, uh, thanks for coming on. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, it's uh, it's been cool. a nice afternoon. And incredible. Uh, awesome. Thank you as well for watching. Uh, please make sure you like, subscribe, comment, tell your grandma about the podcast. And uh, yeah, take her handy. Good luck.